I am unashamed. What about you? All right. <laughs> well, we're down on the riverbank. Some years we are in the river. Most years we're nearly in the river. This year the water's down a little bit. But it is May, and all of my listeners I know, our listeners, y'all all understand that the ops run in May. Now see, you, you, give, you give America a statement like that. The ops run in May. They're thinking, okay, that bunch, what's, what's he talking about? We're talking Opelousas catfish. Think about a horse with that, with that color code, and you say that's a... Which is the Appaloosa. And by the, the way, somebody attempted to correct me, but now I have to correct the corrector because either one applies to this fish, Opelousas or Appaloosa. They're called both. That Why not correct. just call them ops or ops or or yellow fit? The or they yellow tabby cats. Tabby cats. Or they call them flatheads. 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 Yep. People noodle these where when they spawn, I guess they spawn April May every May, year. They they think these hoop nets are a log or a stump. Yeah, and a female will get in there, and then all the males say, "Hey." It's Just so our listeners will know, one time I reached down, it was May, the ops were running, and uh, uh, Opelousa, see, that's a, that's a particular brand of catfish. He's a live bait feeder. He is better eating than the blues. A lot of blue cat, different kinds, about three different kinds of blue cat. But ops, is, they're our favorite. So Because I they don't one eat time, anything dead. That's right. I ran a net yesterday. I put it out just just for ops. I used to have 100 hoop nets out when I was fishing for a living. Now I have one, <laughs> one set. <laughs> I went out there three or four days ago. I had one buffalo, no catfish. I said, we'll give it a little time. They'll come. Well, two days goes by, three. So I ran them yesterday, and I eased them up on a look, and there's two ops in there, just the right size to eat about three, four pounders. How did so, that make you feel in that moment? Yeah, when you saw fifty my, years of doing this, did my it? heart leaped with joy, <laughs> and uh, I had Dan with me. I said, "Dan, I said we got an op in here." I said, "Wait a minute, there's two of them." We had an old gar stuck in the front of it, uh -oh. so uh, we got him out of there. We had a buffalo, we threw him back in the water. One little blue cat threw him back. I saved the ops, and you bleed them like a hog when you get them. <laughs> Back in there on that back fin where he'll bleed out, as they say. I just noticed, Phil, you're bleeding today. Yeah, what you're, you you're actually bleeding that's, like a that, stuck pig. That's when I got that fin in me yesterday right here. <laughs> oh, really? So I'm just sort of... I like you just I'm moving it, it around until it'll dry out. But anyway, <laughs> I remember one time, <laughs> I would say 35 years ago, 40 maybe, uh, I went out there and I had a big six-foot tall hook net and. You know, you'd have to know a hook, hook net that the current holds it open like an accordion. It stretches out. It's on the bottom of the river. Well, I go up to this set, and I get that. I start up with that net, and when the net came to the top, I had about fifteen or twenty ops in the net, up to thirty-five or forty pounds a piece. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it was a load. So I looked down, and when I came up. On both sides of the net, outside the net, they they were not in the net, they were outside of it. When I started coming up with that net, what was going on underwater is there was about fifteen or twenty ops in the net. They can't get out. Yep. They don't know how to get out. But on both sides of the net, they were just right there with them. There was a female in the mix there, you know, so yeah. it was a spawning type deal. A yeah. crowd had gathered. <laughs> Well, when I came up, all those that were not in the net, they just came up with the net. They just eased up like a submarine coming off the bottom. They just all came up. Well, I'm looking at a 1,000 pounds of op on both sides of the net and the ones that are in it. And I looked down. I so said, you're trying to figure out if you could get them? Yeah, I'm looking down at them, and I, they just you know, they just come up out of the – and it just looked like some gigantic – and they just came up beside them. Some of them great big ops. And when I looked down, my heart went to pound, and I said, that's a lot of catfish <laughs> swirling around one net. So I come on in the net with it. <clears throat> Whoever was with me, one of them boys, one of them boys, Jace, or somebody was with me, and 
They helped me get it. Oh, I think it was old Curly Don Foster. Mm-hmm. But they helped me get the net over in the boat. And I mean, the, the boat came alive with big old catfish hitting and knocking me around, you know, because them things are powerful. Yeah. But anyway, that, you know was, that was the greatest op catch I've ever participated in. So, you know, it's funny in. you mentioned Curly Don. So I saw him this past Sunday at WFR, and he told me he had baptized his sister uh, about a week ago. Well, well, you know. And I said, you know, Curly, I said, just looking at you here, because I guess he's about your age, huh, Jace? He's about yeah. 50-ish. Oh, we kind of ran together yeah, when in I day. was in uh, We kind of, he was one of those that we just kind of took in under our I wing. I baptized Curly Don. He's about 15, 14. 17, 18. You so, know how you, you remember meeting him? He was, yeah. basically, the creek was frozen, which is a rare occurrence down here. Yep. And you looked out, you walked out the door and heard the ice breaking. You said, what's that? And then you're like. There's some idiots trying to bust ice <laughs> going up the creek, go which you said must be young boys because they're not going to make it. They had a boat and a paddle. Yeah. And they were breaking the ice with a paddle. <laughs> and I walked up there and I looked down at them, two young folks, and they looked up and I said, what are y'all doing? They said, we're going to go up the creek here. I said, it's all frozen, three, <laughs> yeah. three inches of ice. And I said, you're not going to make it. I yeah. said, not, not, not in that boat with the, I said, do y'all want to die this early? <laughs> so that's where his conversion story started. <laughs> well, I tell you, I reminded him of that Sunday. I said, kind of morphed out from I there. I said, Curly, I said, can you believe, I said, that was 35 to 40 years ago when dad ran up on you on that frozen Cypress Creek. And here you are, you know, teaching your sister about the Lord. I said, I, I guess the almighty has been pretty good for you. He told yeah. me about it later. He said, his buddy. And I said, what are y'all doing? Where, where are you going? And they, they looked up at me. He said his buddy whispered to him. He said, that's a duck commander. He was whispering, you know. Yeah. You know, Why was he whispering? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take y'all <laughs> up the creek. And uh, I actually put him in my boat. We went up there and had a little duck whacking because the woodies were, it was all iced yeah, up. Yeah. So they were going on the edge of the river. Yeah. We went on the edge of the river out there. It was flowing. Yeah. So. We had a pretty good little shoot, you know, about outlaw and shot him after dark. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I hope yeah. not. Of course that never so. happened. <laughs> I did some things back in my younger days that I wouldn't do now. Yeah. <laughs> what's the you know what's interesting is. But anyway, I caught the two ops yesterday, and they called uh, Phyllis and Tony, the artist, that's doing all the artwork for us. And they had some guests in town. so They, they had some guests in town, yeah. so I, I, I called them up. I said, look. It's it's five it's it's four thirty. I said, at five o'clock, fresh Opelousas cast. Ooh. All you need. I said, I might want to come back. For oh, that. I said, but I need somebody to help they? me with a slaw or some sort. Of, so send one. Of, they all said we'll be there. So <laughs> how much did they weigh a piece? Ah, about three and a half, four pounds. Perfect. That's the ones I like. Well, I came in this morning and there was there were ten or twelve pieces left in a baggie. I knew immediately, you know, because we know it, and I and I ate two pieces of it, and you know. It's a good catfish when it, it's been laying there for over twelve hours. And it's still it's good, and it's delicious. I mean, yeah. they're good cold. Which some people like them cold. They, I mean, they when we finally serve um, them, we have the bony pieces if you like to gnaw on bones, but there's no floating bones, meaning yeah, it's boneless. Right. So, so I just and it's like <laughs> and to me, you have if you're gonna go a blue, it has to be a small hole. Yeah. Fry. The, or, the, yeah. The, the or, fiddlers. Yeah. The fiddlers are good. But yep. if you're going to get into anything over a fiddler, it better be it gets, a flathead. Yeah, it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit stronger. For but you sure. know what's interesting here? We're, whatever year this is, 2021. 21. Yeah, you were stuck in 2020 there for I, a few I can't weeks ago. Get out of you need to move on, Jason. Yeah. Put that in the 2021 but, is hard to comprehend for some reason. Yeah, it seems like hard we're in a, some kind of futuristic sci-fi movie. Yeah. But I wanted to read this because you're telling a story that happens often down here. I mean, hoop nets and fishing, and that was our livelihood. And it's one of the few things I feel like I'm pretty good at. You know, I've taught people how to use hoop nets. You know, one of them, Chad Johnson, who has a, he has a ministry called Fishers of Men, and almost every night, I've mentioned him before. He takes people straight out of the world, out of prison, out of where I don't know where he comes up with these rehabbers, people. Rehabbers. And, rehabbers. And they bring them to Jesus, but then they, you know, try to get them on their feet and they get a job. And 
but they're, they don't have anything to do, but that experience of being in the outdoors and they, they go catch, you know, flathead catfish. I mean, two nights ago, he sent, they raised up a net and it was loaded. They filled the boat up. That's and why I went out hollering put, that's and why I put my net out. He told me, he said, man, they, they're running. I said, yes, may. I said, I'm getting lazy. I said, I think I'll put out a net since y'all are catching them. By yeah, the way, Chad Johnson was the guy. He and his buddy visited White's Ferry Road about 35, 40 years ago. His cousin, yeah. Young Bucks. And and I gave a lesson about teaching a little class. And he said halfway through the lesson, one of them turned to the other one, Chad and his buddy. One of them told the other one, he said, that guy knows what we've been up to. <laughs> He said, I'm telling you, he knows us. <laughs> but I never had seen him for my life. Yeah. He said, he's talking to us. Well, come out, they were converted, and boy, did, was he a good one. So, oh, by man. the way, what he does with this ministry that Jace is talking about, I mean, he, he, he does. These people, you know, they've never done anything constructive. It's all been selfish and self-destructive and addiction and all yep. that. And so the idea is you go out and fish. You're working together to accomplish something. Then they clean the fish. Then they freeze them, and then every time there's time, there's a feed, they provide yeah. the fish. Oh yeah! So awesome. it, it's just a just a big circle of helping people. I mean, well, it's this, amazing. This is embarrassing, you know. That joker's hard. We sent him yeah. uh, hundreds and hundreds of pounds last year, and he said, "I got a. We're meeting with the prisoners. They're they're, they're allowing us to cook for them, and uh, all these guys were in prison. But in other words, they had a big fish fry." You know, but so if you think about it, you've, you've spending whatever, six months in jail, that type of deal. Well, they got them all out there, you know, and, and, and fed them fish. Oh, yeah. But, but you think, think about it. They, they, Johnson said, when you're in jail, that jail food, it won't stack up <laughs> yeah, with Appaloosa's cat. <laughs> well, the back I said, story, hey, feed them the best, man. <laughs> the back exactly story that. is when I first taught him how to do it, he would go out and run it, and he would call me and say, nothing. I said, you, are you sure you did what I said? Yep. he go out there and put them out again. Nothing. I was like, not a fish? Nothing. Well, this went on. I, I, I went through it again. Well, come to find out, instead of putting the net with the current. Uh, wrong way. He was putting it <laughs> for almost a year. Because he's like. Yeah, so I, it he, was just going to the bottom and falling. Every time he had put it out, <laughs> he had the, the current upstream. would blow it down. <laughs> and he's like, I just don't see how to do it. I was like, it's got to be the technique. If, if you don't have anything, it either has a hole in it. <laughs> they're getting out. Yeah. Or you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But you know. He's kind of hard-headed. But once he turned the corner, now I would consider him a professional. But what I was going to say is here we are, 2021, we're talking about that and, and the experience of people coming to the Lord and then participating in the adventure that is running with the ops or frog. He takes them frog hunting, different things. He's got a lot of different, yeah, different facets I, of it. And I've been with him several times on a frog hunt or whatever. I, I come in, and I like it because he'll we'll catch some. Then we'll just stop and drift down the creek or whatever, and we'll pray and share. It, it's it's that experience. You know, you're looking at the stars. <clears throat> it's, it's just awesome. Hang on, Jace. Let's take a break before you read that. So we talk a lot about trees. Uh, Dad's suffering injury, <laughs> injuries today from trees, limbs, swatting. I mean, you, you have as much property as we do. Trees are trees are, are good, and they're also an Hundreds issue. Hundreds of tree fallen trees right. create quite the quite the response. And then when you have a hurricane or two roll through here, I mean, you get a lot of problems, right? It's just like this root wads, root wads still there. What's amazing is it blew them all down starting last February, and then another one came along, seventy five mile hour wind. It it's it's but it put them in every direction, but they're sprouting back out even. On the ground, the leaves turn green, so they're still alive. I'm trying to get some loggers to go in there and clean it all up. So most of our experiences here uh, on our property are slow-growing trees, but one of our sponsors is a company called Fast Growing Trees, uh, which is really good if you're trying to landscape or do stuff around your house. Lisa and I have used these guys. The The trees showed up. They were in great shape. We were able to get them in the ground right away. They look good, and so uh, we definitely uh, stand behind these guys planting season is here 
Uh, so you get a 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee. That means your plants will arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting, which they will. I got some. So now through June 30th, you go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson for 15% off. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson for 15% off of your first purchase, fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. But I wanted to read this, Matthew 13, 47, red letters, Jesus, the image of the invisible God talking. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down in the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. They sat down, collected the good fish in baskets, threw the bad away. But I've done it the, many a time. <laughs> well, that's why when you said I pulled that net up, there was a dead gar in the front of it yeah. hung in the net. Yeah. I, I thought of this verse. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so you say, what's your point? You don't want to be a dead guard. <laughs> Not only that, there is no. There's another T-shirt. When you I'm don't want gleaning, to be a... <laughs> when I'm gleaning, throwing the the, the the bad away and keeping the good, I, I'm throwing the bad away with no remorse. None. None. I'm saying bad, bad fish. Okay, I hope the boys at three sixteen T's are listening because Jason's got another one. There's another good. You know what's crazy to me is you don't the... want to be a dead guard. <laughs> you know what's weird to me too is that. The the gar is the toughest freshwater fish we have here. I mean, he has an armor. And look, he has teeth. Even his scales will cut well, they'll you. They'll cut you bad. You just about and have they, to handle They it grow once. so big that, you know, and, and you and I caught that one that time we hung over the Jeep. That was the o- biggest, it was over six foot long. It, it oh, was yeah. the biggest and, fish we've ever caught. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look looked like a monster. 160. And pounds. you know what's crazy is they die the quickest. Yep. When they get in a net, you would think that they would be indestructible. Yeah, but they and don't. Yeah. They have breathing. They look, ram it's their an, head. It's an illusion. They ram their head so deep in the with a twine. It goes back behind their gills, yeah, and they can't breathe. And it's so tight on them that yesterday I literally just took my knife, a sharp knife, and I just cut that one string where it loosened up a little bit. And I had a pair of pliers in one hand, and that net the other. I'm working his head around because he had a uh, his his snout. snout. His snout was about that long with razor sharp. <laughs> I mean, you you just is that what cut you? Uh, no, this was a. A limb that run over a, <laughs> a run over a treetop, and a limb bent over. Oh yeah, and came back and hit me. So I'm kind of sw- <laughs> see right here where that hump is. Yeah, that's a swelling. That's a contusion from there. And yeah, they call just, that a contusion, Dan. Contusion. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, poo, poo. I've said before that's the most frustrating. There's something about your your sensors on your body that when a limb swats and hits you in the face, it almost causes anger. Yeah, it's like short term anger. It's like when I get stung by a wasp, it really makes me mad. I mean, like I get on the warpath. I mean, you know, they're just being wasps, but it's just like you dope pop me on the head or the ear or something, and I mean, I just go on a killing spree. There was a tree that fell across the middle levee, and I couldn't go through there, and I. I looked at the treetop, and I said, if I took this winch line on this Argo and tie it off on some of them, I could pull them and break them and then drive underneath that treetop. They were just sticking out on the road there. But I could not make it unless I removed some of that debris, and I didn't have a saw. I'm sitting there, you know, normally I got some kind of saw, but I didn't have a saw. So I thought, well... So during the during the pulling the limbs to clear the brush, I, I pulled it off, but it was a. But you could have said, you know what? I'll just bring us all next time. <laughs> I could have. I could have backed up. And, and I, I had to back up for a hundred yards because the levee's narrow and yeah. there's water on both sides of it. I didn't want to slip off out in there. Yeah. I turned the thing over and all that stuff. Oh, but yeah. I did get by it. That's funny. But I did catch we had Opelousas feed. Now we'll wait up for three days, two or three days, and I'll just keep running the net and 
We just got to, you, you got well, a fish you, fry going. You started this with telling them about sticky chicken. You got off, t- tell them the rest On the sticky yeah. chicken. All you somebody's going to ask if you don't tell them. All you girls, are y'all listening out there? Or guys, because you cook. Or guys. I've done this before. The sticky Take you an iron, iron skillet, not, not aluminum, or as the New Zealanders would say, aluminium. <laughs> don't use aluminium. <laughs> use iron, iron skillets. So these things are seasoned. Put a. Put about this much butter. I got my hand held here. I would say about an inch. That's about an inch. An in inch pad of butter in a in a in the bottom of an iron skillet. You need a lid for the skillet too, by the way. And that, and just dribble some olive oil on the in, inside that iron skillet till it just barely coated the whole thing. I'd say half a cup, maybe something like that. So it's olive oil and butter in a skillet, and you got a fire under it. Cut up a whole chicken, two thighs, two legs. You got the back. You got the breast. Take off the front side, the pulley bone, they say, as they say, and uh, bust that <laughs> last one in part. Already cut now. So you cut it all up with a good sharp butcher knife, or buy the pieces by themselves, yep. whatever pieces you like. I season it heavy with with all kinds of Cajun seasoning, more heavy than than anything else. Season it all good. We have our own brand of it. You can try that. We season that good. All you have in a bowl right beside you is about 12 or 15 cloves of garlic. That's all you have, a little little thing of garlic, and you've got a chicken that's going in that pot. No flour, no frying, none of that. You just got a little bit of oil, and you put the chicken down in there. It'll brown on one side. I'm saying medium-high heat. You turn them over with a spatula. Just turn them over or with a pair of you know, tongs. You get them turned over to the brown on the other side, and you can make sure they're pretty well golden brown. I'm saying 15 minutes to 20. So you do it on the stove top. Do it on the stove top. Okay. You got about a medium heat. Yep. You brown it all. You, the season's already there. Keep your garlic ready. When you say the chicken's brown enough, sprinkle the 15 cloves of garlic. Just sprinkle it in the chicken. Put a lid on it. Put it in the oven about 315. 315. Let that sit there for about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes. You're good to go. Take it out. You can remove the chicken and the drippings from the chicken. You can make you a good gravy. Mm-hmm. Add flour to what cooked out of the chicken and the and the little pat of butter yep. and the olive oil. That's your base. Sprinkle flour in there. Stir it up. I'd say, you know, a fourth of a cup of flour or whatever, a little bit more. You get that kind of not brown, just make sure it's cooked pretty good for about five minutes. And you add uh, chicken broth, a little chicken broth, and about a half a can of cream of celery soup. You put that in there, Mm -hmm. take a whisk, stir that in there, cut it with a little little chicken broth, cut it with chicken broth till you get the right consistency of gravy. gravy. Let it cook just about five minutes. Turn the fire right, cook you a big pot of rice. So you got mm-hmm. sticky chicken. You got the gravy that goes with it. The gravy's outstanding. It's delicious. Chicken gravy. It's hard to beat. Hard to beat. So you can make a meal and it doesn't take you long at all to prepare. We had it for lunch yesterday. <clears throat> I will say. How was it? It was delicious. Do you like it, today? Awesome. The problem was with me is when I ate that much garlic, then I have some issues later, some indigestion issues. So I loved it. When I ate it, but I had some. It is like, very highly seasoned. It's highly seasoned. Sticky chicken. So is. just remember that if you if, if garlic affects you. So I want to mention Dad's uh, book uh, that's going to be at Walmart starting in June. I think June first is the Walmart place. only. It was my understanding. Walmart only. It's an exclusive with them. It's called Your Daily Feel: 100 Days of Truth and Freedom to Heal America's Soul. So there's a lot of excerpts from your books, and then some new stuff uh, that we've done in there. So check that out. Also, IamSecond.com. They're releasing. Uh, from Dysfunction to Dynasty, which is some new episodes uh, for I Am Second. If you've never seen one of those I Am Seconds, I noticed that uh, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines have one on there. And uh, your old your old pal, uh, Long Black Train, he's got a... Josh Turner. Yeah, Josh Turner has a... Uh, Josh Turner, how you doing? I will say up front on that particular <laughs> thing, what's the name of it? From Dysfunction to Dynasty. Dysfunction to Dynasty. I Am Second. Uh, just watching the thing, you know, you're watching yourself... It's uh, very embarrassing. 
my, my past was was very very it's hard to talk about the dysfunctional yeah. part i mean i'm it. watching it and i'm just kind of turning my head like that you're talking about a low down scoundrel and i'm looking at me but yeah. you know 40, 40 50 years but ago, you know I'm why like, it's important to do that dad because it hurt it's, the reason it's important is because so many people around the country respect you that's the word they use the most for who you are for how strong you are and so I love it because young, especially young men that have had a lot of the same struggles you had, it's good for them to know that you don't have to stay in that life. You can come out. You sure can. And, you know, and 50 years later, you're writing books and people care hey. about what you say. So, I mean, it's important to know that's what happens. I'll give you some encouragement, Phil. Romans 3, 5. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That is it. That's pretty good. That's it. That's a good verse. That's why when somebody says, we got some dirt on him, well, I, I'm giving them all the dirt on the front end. Yeah. The same sins I dumped on Jesus. I said, I got a lot of them now. I don't know. He says, oh, there's, there's some worse than you. There's some always some. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I'm the... I wouldn't have stood around watching Christians being stoned to death. He was pretty bad. I was that's that's pretty sorry and low down there. He was a, he was a true. Well, he was a true. Mine was basically drunk, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I never was into drugs that heavy. I was smoking a little marijuana if somebody had some, and I never bought any. And you know, let's go get high on that. No, but back in those days, you didn't. Other than cocaine and marijuana, you didn't hear. Yeah, I lot. never got into this heavy stuff. Well, I now said, they nah. got the opioids. Which let's let's take another yep. break. Well, in this, but it was still embarrassing. Where we're at in Romans, you know, people compare themselves to other people, and it makes them feel better. But, you know, he said in Romans three, he said, "Let God be true, and every man a liar," because really, when it comes down to it, there was only, and there is only, one flawed human past the age of accountability. You know, and his name was Jesus. That's right. That's it. So digging up dirt on somebody shouldn't be difficult because we all got it. <laughs> That's why the what the cancel culture does not understand. They pass judgment on others, and they do the same things they're casting judgment on others about. I mean, that's that second group in the Book of Romans. Well, you know, what do you call them? The moralists. Yeah, the moralists. But I'm not as bad as they are. Therefore, I'm in better shape than they are. But it doesn't work like that. They love to compare. You know, what's funny is when Lisa and I released our book back in 15. So when you release a book, you know, a publicist will send out a a press release. So it goes to all media, you know, and you can take it or not. They can run a story or not. So we sent out the press release that we wrote. You know, publicists wrote it. We assisted them. And so it's funny. So that night, someone texted me, and they were like, "Man, you and Lisa are on uh, National Enquirer, you know, the the tabloid. You're on their website. Have you seen that?" And I said, "No." So I, I clicked on there. So it's the the title was Duck Dynasty Shocker, Abortion, Adultery, and it, and it mentioned all this stuff. And the, the people you thought you knew, and I was laughing because they were going from our press release. We told all that. <laughs> But, but they're telling it like, we found out some information you need to know. And I was like, we got what? a news flash and you're not going to believe where it that's came right. from. That's right. I was like, okay, good. Yeah, buy the book. That's why we That's why we wrote it. But, it, but it's that mindset. Well, now we can laugh at it. But at the time, it was misery, misery, misery. Oh, that's exactly yeah. right. Well, you know, we were talking about Chad Johnson earlier, and I hadn't thought about this, but when we mentioned him, he's a good example for a lot of folks that are listening to our podcast because when Chad first came to Christ, after he and, and Brian, you mentioned, listened to you and then you shared with them. So they became sons of God. Well, Chad had been married, but he and his wife were split up. And so now that he had turned his life around, <clears throat> I mean, he was convinced he was going to be the man God called him to be. So he was going to you know, get back with his wife and, and they had a, a little girl together. Well, she winds up not, not going back with him and married somebody else. I just remember it crushed him because he was like, but, but, but I, I've changed. I mean, now I'm God's guy. And yet, I, you know, I, so the first thing was a rejection. Then not too long after that, he got electrocuted. He worked high lines and he tied into one. Like that, the took both arms. Oh off. man, just blew through his body. Big old chunk of his shoulders missing. Now one of his hands is all jacked up. Burn, like, burned. Yeah. Damn. Like terrible. And yet, and so I just remember him going through that and us going to see him in the hospital because he was in our small group. 
we took our whole group over there and we stood around his bed and prayed for him. But I just remember him looking up at me saying, just, I mean, am I not doing what God wants me to do? I just, I can't figure out why these bad things keep happening to me because he's a new brother and he's just struggling, you know, stuff's happening to him. But now looking at him, he and I had this conversation re- recently to see him find his stride and what he's supposed to be doing. You know, and he, he met a wonderful woman that they're doing ministry together and they fought like cats and dogs the first 10 years of their marriage till they figured out they need to work together. But I look at his life now and it just, and it took a long time to figure this thing out. So I always want to encourage, I know we got a lot of young brothers out there that listen and you're going through some rough stuff and you're just kind of like, when's it going to get better? It will, but it takes consistency. Think, it takes, you know, I, it takes I think that our life. biggest problem is we think we still have this old life. And I think some of this, we got to just trust what God says even though it doesn't make sense to us. I mean, That's we'll right. especially see that in Romans 7 when you have this battle within. <laughs> yep. And, you know, because, I mean, Phil sitting there saying, I'm, I'm watching this, and it was embarrassing. But, you know, Galatians, when Paul wrote, and, and, and this to the, to the moral Jew, I guess, uh, you know, it's addressed in Romans 3 and even 4. That third lane, um, yeah. And, you know, because the, they were hiding behind the law that, God had given them. But, you know, he got to the end of, of Romans 3, and he's like, that law basically makes you conscious of your sin. I mean, it was indirectly saying, you're not going to keep it. Right. You're all dirty. That's why I had to provide the righteousness. You know, in Jesus, that's why Jesus came. And he came to fulfill the law. But, you know, one of my favorite verses that I read all the time, but just to zero in on one aspect of it, Galatians 2.20 says, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So you say, what, is, what, is it, what does it mean I've been crucified with Christ? You know, when we get to Romans 6, he, he gets into that a little more in detail. But he basically says, you die with Christ. Correct. You're you're participating in in his death by faith. Yeah, through faith. That's yep. right. And so when you think about your past and you got to remember you you went to the cross. That's why Jesus went around saying, "Hey, you want to follow me? Bring your cross." Cuz you're actually going to participate in that. So when you tie all this in there, and I think about when Jesus was praying in John 17, he he said about his disciples, he said, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. And so even here in Galatians, after he says this, you've been crucified with Christ, he gets to the end in chapter five and he's like, man, I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's why when he reminded, you, you get through Romans and you get to 1 Corinthians, over in that 1 Corinthians 15, he gets it concisely put together. He said, I want to remind you of something, of the gospel I preached to you. You received it, you believed it, and now you're standing on it. And and it's the most important thing there is. That's what he says yep. in about this much space. Right. When it came to Jesus died on a cross, according to the scriptures, was buried and was raised from the dead, according to the scriptures. First importance. Right. It's believed, received, stood on, mm-hmm. and it's the most important thing there is. That's why you 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 veer to the left or right and get off that. For whatever reason, you're going in the wrong direction. I mean, being well, to stand on something means you're not budging. Yeah, it's the it's the well, foundation of who you are. Let's let's take another break. Well, just to finish this thought, if you go to Colossians chapter two, yeah, I was I was fixing the and he he says in verse eleven because there's a lot of in Romans three and about the law and being circumcised and thinking you're justified. And he's like, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, you can be, you can have the power of God. I mean, that's his point. We're bringing everybody together in Jesus and not, 
your morality or your lack of, or you had the law or where you're from, or we're all coming together in Jesus. Hang on, Jace, before you read that, let me read, remind from Romans 3, verse, uh, I mean, Romans two twenty eight. This We read this yesterday. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Well said. Yeah. So, so in that vein, <laughs> right. in chapter 2 and 11 of Colossians, he says, In Jesus you were also circumcised. Well, we know that's not the physical right. circumcision. If you don't know what circumcision is, don't Google it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, you may I didn't mean to make a joke out of that, but in the putting off of the sinful nature or the you know the flesh. Not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, what happens to males and in the Jewish custom when they were, what, eight days old as a a part of the law. Yeah, but having done by Christ, and and I think this represents Christ being cut off from the Father on the cross to take our sin and our sin getting our sins removed, being cut off from the flesh because we've been crucified with Christ. Well, in that moment, he he was cut off crucified, from, from the Father. You know? Crucified and the old sinful us were also buried. Yeah, that's right. You know? well, and it made me think of this because when you said, you know, I heard that I was embarrassed – because I think we we struggle. We're like, well, what are you, what's he talking about? We're not in this world. We are in the world. I mean, we're looking at each other. And, and how come we mess up? And how come we struggle? But I think we have to take God's word for it. Even though we seemingly are in the world, oh, we're not in the world. Because we went to the cross of Jesus. I mean, that that's why we reenact it. That's through faith. That's what we believe. We just have a hard time really believe in that (laughs) that because watch what he says you had this circumcision of the heart take place when in verse 12 of chapter 2 of colossians having been buried with him i mean now we start off saying we was crucified with him right now we're buried (laughs) that's why it's always a good question to ask yourself who'd we bury yep so Embarrassment is a good attitude, but you you buried him. He's buried. It's what you told. He your, died. It's what you told your pals. Remember when they showed up? I said the one you're looking for. I know what y'all want to do. You want to go up the road and we all get drunk, right? They said, "Well, it crossed our mind." I said, "It's like old times." I said, "The one you're looking for is no longer here," and they're like, "But we're talking to him." I said, "You're talking to the new one." Yeah. I said. The old one is the one that's gone. I said, this yeah. one, I said, it's not going with you. I said, you know, that old one died. And they said, really? I said, that's correct. Well, to your point, Phil. They, look. they, they thought I was nuts. <laughs> to your point, in verse 12. They leave, but one of them 12 years he's later. He's mad. One of them 12 <laughs> years later called me up and said, I want to know what you heard because I've never seen such a change in a man. I, well, to your story in verse 12, and he was it says saved, you were raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. That's it. When you were dead, he made you alive. Yep. He forgave us all our sins. He canceled the written code with its regulations. That's what the Jew was struggling with in the book of Romans. But I said all that to get to chapter 3, because then he says, well, since you have been raised, set your mind on things above. Yep. Where Christ is seated, set your mind not on earthly things. You know how we'll say we're just visiting the earth? Not really. We're not even here. The yep. world has been crucified to us. The only reason we're here is to point people to Jesus, because we're basically in another place. By the way, in Romans, Romans 6, he goes over that. He said, Talked about Jesus, the death he died. He died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Yeah. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin because of what he did, 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal, mortal body as it has until you died and put him to death so that you obey its evil desires. Don't offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God, listen to this, as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, as it were, before you got rid of the old man and he died and was buried, because you are not under law, but under grace. You're like, that is the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Ever. But even more than that, look, that's one aspect. But, you know, First John 5 says the whole world's under the control of the evil one. That's why when it says once you die with Christ, you're no longer of the world. That's it. That's why in Hebrews 2 it says Jesus came to destroy him that the that had the power of death, that is the devil. <clears throat> so you think about what happened. You know, all these te- texts about, you know, being set apart, Jay, set apart. You set apart. You like set apart. You know, sanctified. You know, you you you're separated from the world, which it's a it's a spiritual kingdom operating under a constitutional, and it's 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 uh, lapsing lasping well, struggling. <laughs> well, look, it's well, interesting. Hang on, I'd Chris. rather be in this kingdom than the earthly one, USA. Yeah. I'd rather be in the kingdom mm-hmm. I'm in all day long. It supersedes the the constitutional republic. It I'm does. sorry, but that's just the way it is. Let's, let's take, take let's, one last break. So Colossians three three says, "For you died," which is there it is again. You, I've been crucified with Christ. That's why the only way you're going to be able to explain government, government edicts won't do it for you. No, no. And, and your nope. life is is hidden in Christ because the only way you're gonna be able to explain a verse like this, which is Romans eight ten, which we'll eventually get there, because a lot of people have asked me, "What does this mean?" Because they don't understand what happens through faith, and you know what I think happens in baptism is that you die. Mm-hmm. Even though you're still here and you're on the earth, you know, there's a band that's called People of the Earth, which I like their music, but I think it should be People of the Heaven. <laughs> we're, we're not here. You're like, well, yeah, but that's crazy. Talk. You go out here and tell, tell people in the world that, and they're like, well, yeah, you're, you're, you are certifi- certifiably <laughs> insane. <laughs> But really, is this not what he's saying? I mean, Romans 8, 10 says, but if Christ is in you, which is the mystery of godliness, by the way, mm. Colossians, your body's dead because of sin, but your, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Well, this is two chapters after he just got through saying you die with Christ, you're buried. We know that our old self was crucified. So that's why I think he makes statements like let all men, let God be true and all men be a liar. Because at some point you just got to realize that on our daily struggles, we're just wrong. Yeah. God says you're, you've been crucified with me. You're, you're, you went to the cross with me. You're clean. You're 100% forgiven. That guy died. You're dead. You're like, but I don't, I don't feel dead. I'm, yeah, your flesh is still going, even though it's deteriorating. Well, but, that's the point. It is death. And, you know, it's another interesting thing, and <clears throat> we'll get there next time we get to Romans 4 with Abraham. But a lot of people say, well, what was the deal with circumcision anyway? It's, it's interesting. You get an insight. Even that symbol circumcision, which we've been reading about this circumcision of the heart, Abraham couldn't have children. I mean, couldn't produce children. He and Sarah were barren. And so Hebrews gives us a little insight. It said his body was as good as dead, meaning he couldn't procreate, which back in the ancient days, especially, that was how you went forward. You had to have sons to carry on your name, your heritage, your legacy. And so he couldn't do it which was interesting that God said, but I'm going to give you a symbol that's, that says I can bring life to that which is dead. So that's why he even chose circumcision as the symbol for the Jews that it's not your ability to be able to do it. 
you have to trust in me. So Abraham was a little which, test which case the, even way back yeah. then. You know, we see that. That's why he's going to be mentioned in chapter yeah. four. Which is the whole, his whole point in Romans. That's why is Sarah, this, I'm Sarah where the laughed. power right. is coming from. Not you. Yeah. Because you think, well, circumcision, that's based on human effort. Anybody can go cut some skin off. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm in. <laughs> I did the work. <laughs> took the pain. But if you tell a couple like Abraham and Sarah that they're fixing to have a child, at a hundred years old, Sarah, she's in the tent going, "Ha ha, I bet." I mean, Phil, this is like you saying, "Let me have it." Let's have another one. Yeah, yeah that's right. You and Miss Kay. Now what? Oh yeah. In twenty five well, years, tell you, at seventy five, I can see a time coming when sex is not an issue of any sort. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we're officially winding it up, as they say. So you can understand the laugh, but that was the whole. There's deal. just enough left now to where it's it's kind of like a joke, right? So it's another, my point is, that's why Paul uses it in, in Romans and in Colossians, because it's another symbol, the idea that you have to trust in God yep. and in Christ to be able to make everything new. You cannot do it on your own. It's not your power. It's not your and well, think they, about it, man, and to bring it up to date, I've been I was hammering on this for about six months, but, but I, I, we did the research, college professor and all that, but, but I out these human constructs that come along and all these various forms of governments, they can't deal in these matters. They don't have the wherewithal or the no. power or the know-how. No. They just can't remove sin, and they can't resurrect a dead body from the ground. They well, just can't do it. And hasn't the pandemic really showed you that in oh, such a huge way? They are scared to death. Because <laughs> it's they, all physical. All they got is physical. That's all you got. Look, if that's all you got is physical— and it's just, and people are just so. They afraid. are living in misery. Yeah. Dan said he went in somewhere in California. They, you know, Colorado, and he went to see uh, M. But he said people were running up to him, said, "What are you doing without a mask?" Oh, and, and he, he said, <laughs> "I saw it too." He said, "That's federal law." And Dan said, "No, that's not federal law." And he, they ran it and raved. Some guy just followed him out in the parking lot. <laughs> Where's your mask? I mean, where's your mask? I think the song that's trying to kill me. You, you remember Olivia Newton John, who I had a big crush on when she was in that uh, Grease? I had a poster of her. You uh, know, I was in love. Do you and like I, her as the 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 early girl? Oh, or? the innocent. Once she you turned, didn't like her with the hot pads, did you? Oh, once once, once she turned wild, I was like, well, you had me, <laughs> and now I'm out. <laughs> So I, I was Too really, risque for you. And yeah. the, so then she comes out with this song, which pretty well sums up our culture has become priceless. Physical. Let's get physical. Physical. I, I'm thinking. Tell me about I it. I want to do the exact opposite of that. Let's get spiritual. Well, while you're there, let's get physical. Uh, for my research, according to the Center for Disease oh, Control, boy, oh, no. yeah, we, that you gives that you about 110 million that has uh, microbes <laughs> like you would not believe. So you know what around. the world does, Phil? To that, to the CDC report and to the pandemic, they say, let's get Vaccinated, <laughs> vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> it's which because they're looking for a cure. But they are, and I saw it the other day and other night in in uh, South Texas when I was down there. There are some. Jesus said it roughly one out of four, but there are some who are saying, in fact, uh, let's get spiritual. Yeah, what we want America to do is become spiritual. Yeah. Way more than they are now. They've lost their way, and it is not a pretty sight. But when you try to explain what we've talked about today, that sounds crazy. I know it. Yeah. People are like, well, you need to die. They're like, what? Do what? <laughs> That's why I'm all upset. I'm scared to die. Yep. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but you can do this through faith. You know, Jesus, you, you can actually be crucified with him. If you yep. go back and look at our, well, you could do the podcast too, but if you look at our, our sermons we preached through the whole pandemic, I mean, we've been consistent the whole time. We're going to die of something. We're all terminal. I mean, the idea that physically you're dead is true because we know we're all going to go in the ground unless he comes back. We're dead. We're yeah. dead. I mean, we've it's, gone through you know, the process just like, you know, that that's interesting when Abraham, you were talking about that. The phrase that says he was he was 100, but it says in in the next quotation, 
and and was as good. His body was as good as dead. Yeah. Well, why'd they throw that in there? Right. Because it's my point that there's a there's a decision that has to be made to us whether we're going to trust in the promises of God and, and who He is. You know, Jesus is not just some story. You know, it's not something we read in a book. He is a real living being in the present right. who died, and we died with him through faith. We're buried and we're raised. So I think that's the decision that we have to make. Are we going to trust that this God can can do however you, you do that through time where you're able to forgive sins, take us back to the cross, put his Holy Spirit in us, change us from the inside out, and then give us that guaranteed promise. I mean, Abraham deducted all that without the story of Jesus. That's right. He yep. just said, you know what? Going to have a kid? Going to have a kid. Even though this dead body is, wouldn't think that's going to have a kid. And then even when he was asked to give up his kid, he was still willing to do it because he still he got He gave him the kid, and he said, boy, that was quite Then he says, now what I want you to do is take him up and kill him. And he reasoned that God could raise the dead. That's right. Now, you're talking about faith. He said, wait a minute now. I didn't have any kids. They're too old. You gave me a child, and you want me to kill him. He said, that's what I want you to do. Do you know why he did it? He reached and got it. You know why he did it? Because he knew, he figured out that sacrifice was part of God's plan. And he thought, but since he can raise the dead... It was basically a mirror image of the gospel that was fixed to happen. That's exactly, that that's Jesus exactly was right. Gonna die. We can actually die. That's and exactly that's why right. when God asks us to do crazy things, we say, huh, okay, you got a plan. <laughs> I trust. Well, him. I'm here. I'm on record as telling y'all, and, and it's pretty evident. Uh, I, the coronavirus, I said, if it kills you, well, but you live on, you're the resurrection. So well, you're pe- dead people anyway. with the resurrection in here who have been born again, they're like, I'm not worried about some microbe. That may be the way I'm taken out of here, but I'll live again. So. I think it's just the same thing. You're as good as dead. Yeah. So why not trust in the Lord and put everything into his promises? Hope is a wonderful thing, boys. It is. It is. It's a wonderful thing. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.